Now let's take a look at the bigger picture with Kyle Abdel, founder and CEO of Edgerock Wealth Management. So your thoughts, we had our Fed meeting and the takeaway. You know, the Fed meeting this week, hawkish. Uh, I don't think there's any other way to interpret that. You know, 17 of the 19 FOMC members were on board with raising rates. And Powell is continuing to signal that we're going to raise rates. And he's, you know, talking about 75 basis points here in the first quarter uh, coming up, which I think is too much. But when you look at it, you know, the Fed uses a dot plot where they survey their members uh, to see how high rates should go. And those results varied anywhere from 4.6 to 5.1% between the members. Now that's quite a variance. So that means that, you know, those members, not all of them are really on the same page. And when you're looking at it overall, I think, you know, um, Pal is, you know, he has laid out a plan, which step one, was really implemented this week, which was, you know, they've been raising rates and now he's continue, He's starting to slow that increase in rates, which we've gone from 75 basis points down to 50 this week. So that was step one. And I think step two, we'll see in, uh, hopefully early in the second quarter in February. My hope is that they don't raise rates uh, and, you know, based on where bonds are at right now. But step two will be a pause, you know, on the raising of rates. And, you know, and that could last three months, six months. That could last a year. We'll see how long that takes. But then the third step will be that they start to lower rates to stimulate the economy. Uh, but right now, you know, obviously the market did not like what it heard from Powell this week. And also the question, too, I mean, we have the look ahead as to what we heard from Powell and several Fed officials seeing a higher terminal rate at the end, even as much as 5.4 percent or more. Um, so there's that aspect that could be spooking the markets. But maybe the markets are spooked already based on what the Fed did already so aggressively this year and the lag effect that could take effect and cause a recession. I think that's exactly right. You know, um, the Fed, I, you know, as we're looking at this, I think, you know, they relate to the game when all this was going about. You know, a year ago, they were talking about how interest rates are transitory. And, uh, you know, I, I think when it came to raising rates, a lot of economists and myself, we were all saying, hey, we need to get in the game here. We need to stop the stimulus. We need to start raising rates. And they're late to the game on that end. Now, my biggest fear is that they're going to continue to raise rates and oversteer the car and end up causing, you know, the complete opposite of a soft landing here. And when we're looking at the time frame, you know, today we're sitting at a 7.1% uh, year over year inflate or 7.1 percent uh, inflation rate right now and a lot of the bank big banks were surveyed recently Citibank Deutsche Bank and so forth chase you know predicting where's inflation going to be a year from now and a lot of them the consensus was four to four and a half percent if we if we move forward to the end of next year and the Fed I think is overly optimistic thinking that they can get that down to two and if you go all the way back to World War II it typically takes about 24 months to come down off of, of current levels to get down to 2%. And, you know, it, and, and I think the big indicator as you're looking at this, the Fed's fund rate and the two-year treasury, they're now in sync. Um, the Fed's fund rate is almost 75 basis points ahead of the 10-year treasury. And the Fed thinks that they need to raise rates a little more in February, but that's not a given. That is six, seven weeks out, um, you know, and there's an old saying that uh, the bond market knows everything. And so what are bonds saying? Well, bonds are signaling that 
we don't need to raise those interest rates any further. And so hopefully, you know, we'll see the Fed, you know, look at some of the updated data and see where our economy's at right now. And, you know, hopefully uh, take a back step backstage to uh, raising those rates. Yeah, I, we've had that conversation all week. I think you make a great point. I mean, it's just a, a really confusing at this point. We know the Fed is all steam ahead. At the same time, the bond market's telling us something else. And then you have the fears that, you know, not to go too much too fast anymore. Tell me about some of the indicators that you watch closely as we enter into 2023. Uh, I think that's really important, Nicole. You know, I think there are few key indicators. One of them is bank deposits and credit card debt for the consumer. So looking at the banking area, you know, are people going into their savings? Are they spending that down? Are they spending, you know, what, what they have deposited? And is credit card debt going up? I think those are key numbers to look at. Um, earnings revisions, you know, that really hasn't happened much, but I think, you know, moving forward, the big headwind that we have for 2023 are earnings. What are those going to look like? So I think that's another key indicator. Uh, another big one that we're all feeling, going to feel more even personally, which is the jobs report. Eventually, this will get the Fed's attention. You know, right now they're not looking at it much. Uh, they're simply looking at inflation for the most part. But eventually that jobs report, I think, will get their attention. And it's tough to hire quality right now. That's a big one. And so, you know, that jobs report's going to be a big one. You know, really what's, what's happened here recently, they've destroyed the manufacturing sector. New orders and backlogs are gone. Um, housing has come to a stop. You know, in uh, appliances, you know, they get ordered for housing. That, all those backlogs and the new orders, they're done. And so bad retail sales, we've had that report this week, um, except for restaurants, uh, shopping, whether you're going into stores or whether you're doing it online, all of that is looking poor at this point. So they've done a good job of pricking the economic bubble. And you know, I think at one last indicator to really look at is GDP growth. Um, it's been manipulated recently in the numbers because I, I, those are off because we've been releasing barrels from our uh, strategic petroleum reserves. And that caused most of our GDP, GDP growth here recently. So, and the new Congress, they won't allow the release of that, uh, of those strategic petroleum reserves. And so the demand, you know, is going to go up in the spring. We're probably going to see an uptick in, in uh, gas prices here coming up. So I think there's some real key indicators to keep our eye on and then to see how the Fed reacts to that. Um, when does the pain become too much from their point of view? I know us consumers are already feeling it. But when does the Fed finally say, okay, we're on the same page with you, let's, let's slow this down? Look, and we've been getting a lot of things that are showing um, slowing down. For, I mean, just even yesterday, we got jobless claims, right? That we see um, that we have claims, we have retail sales data. I mean, I could focus on the retail sales data, industrial production, PMI. PMI, Philly Fed, I mean, you're, to your point, we heard from the home builders talking about new orders falling and lots of cancellations, especially when mortgage rates were on the rise. Final thoughts here about what you're telling investors. You said CDs, probably not the best place. You're looking at different forms of fixed income. Um, what are you telling investors to do here? You know, those investors that are looking for a safer place right now, yeah, you know, I, I do hear from some clients, you know, looking for safe places that, you know, they're asking about CDs. But, you know, my 
my preference there is short-term treasuries, three and six months, three and six-month treasuries, because you get compound interest working for you. Um, you've got interest credited faster. You've got more liquidity and so forth. But you know, if we look at it, looks stocks suffered this year from higher interest rates, Russia, Ukraine, and the greatest headwind that we're going to have moving forward are lower profits. We still need to pay the price for that overstimulus. We paid part of it this year in 2022, but I think the rest of that bill comes due here in 2023. Understood. Kyle O'Dell, thank you. Edge Rock Wealth Management. Thank you so much, Kyle.